Happy Friday, everyone. A little delayed today. Apologize. Going to be speaking with the mayor. Get to the bottom of this gun violence. Hey, how are you, mayor? Doing great. Thank you so much for including me. No, of course. You know, thanks for thanks for joining us. I know you're ridiculously busy, and so I appreciate you making time in your day uh, to go over such an important matter. Of course, it is so important. Absolutely. I'm going to do a brief uh, intro just while everyone's logging on. Um, so today we have the pleasure of speaking with Mayor Daniela Levine Cava. Uh, she was elected Miami-Dade's first ever woman mayor uh, this past year in November. Uh, she enters the mayor's office following a nearly 40-year career as a relentless advocate for South Florida families and public service and elected leadership. Now as county mayor, she oversees more than 28,000 employees, serving nearly 3 million residents and managing an annual budget of approximately $9 billion. Uh, she is a social worker, lawyer, and community activist by trade, and she has served as the Miami-Dade County Commissioner since 2014 before becoming mayor. As commissioner, she invested in Miami-Dade small businesses and expanded economic opportunity, uh, protected the environment and our water, increased the county police force for underserved areas, advocated for an expanded, reliable public transportation system, worked to create affordable housing and revitalize neighborhoods, and helped make local government more accountable and transparent. Uh, since the coronavirus pandemic began, she has advocated for a more effective public health care response and work to provide millions of federal CARES Act dollars in relief to struggling families and small businesses. Now as the new mayor, Daniela has created a unified pandemic uh, response strategy working with uh, city leaders, the business community and medical experts to protect the county. Uh, as background, Mayor uh, Levine Cava received her bachelor's degree with honors from Yale University and graduate degrees in law and social work from Columbia University. Uh, she's here to discuss the ever important topic uh, regarding the dramatic and alarming increase in gun violence that has occurred here in Miami-Dade, uh, as, as well as the county's response, which just started a few weeks ago, called Operation Summer Heat. So again, thank you so much for joining us, Mayor. I know how busy you are. Uh, it's gonna be very interesting to hear your, your thoughts on this topic. Well, thank you. And again, there is no more important topic than our safety. And truly, we are living in unprecedented times, and uh, we need to work together to solve this. Absolutely. You know, just starting out, give us a little background. Uh, how unprecedented is the current gun violence that's occurred in Miami-Dade over the last two months? How unprecedented is the level of violence? Right. So actually, we have been on a downward slope when it comes to violent crimes for quite a few years. And compared to other metropolitan areas of our size, we've done very well. This uptick in homicides, particularly from guns, is a nationwide phenomenon coming out of this <laughs> pandemic. So it's being experienced around the country. Uh, many factors that people speculate, uh, folks that have been uh, in, in quarantine, you know, coming out, uh, many people out of work or businesses closed. Uh, a general kind of post-traumatic uh, sense. And then, of course, people who are just uh, not part of the, the positive social fabric of our society who feel uh, emboldened to do these crazy, crazy acts 
of shooting randomly into crowds um, and a lot of it retaliation. So there's a lot going on and we are fighting back and we are winning. Is there any thoughts about, are these at all gang related? Are these personal attacks or is it just a general rebellion after the quarantine and kind of, as you Mm -hmm. said, the poor fabric of our society? Yeah, it seems uh, what we've seen in Miami-Dade particularly is that it's targeted, that it's groups of people who are in some kind of criminal enterprise, perhaps. Uh, some of it is is a looser than a typical gang affiliation. Um, there may be some competition around even rap music or uh, some fraud activities, uh, drug activities. Uh, and then there somebody get shot and then there's retaliation and they're not caring who's in the way. So these shootings uh, that we had uh, in uh, South Dade and Kendall that we had in uh, Northwest Dade, people were specifically targeted. It wasn't just a random act of violence. Do we know if these perpetrators are citizens of the county or are there people coming from outside the county, other parts of Florida, to do the violent acts here in Miami-Dade? Yeah, from what we know so far, and we are getting a lot of tips, and I'm not on the inside <laughs> of the investigation, but I can say that we do believe these are local bad actors, local players uh, playing out their uh, vendettas. And uh, they are, again, targeting specific people with whom they have a gripe. And uh, they're, they're talking out on social media they're, you know, calling each other out or seeing things that people are certain places and they're rushing down to do their dirty deeds. Yeah. And, I, you know, obviously this has reached a critical level. Uh, you have launched an unprecedented uh, act called Operation Summer Heat to combat this uptick in violence. A very impressive initiative. Tell us a little bit about what Operation Summer Heat entails. Yeah. So our law enforcement officers always work in tandem. We have the Miami-Dade County Police Department, which is the largest, and then we've got municipalities that have their own, our state law enforcement and our federal. Uh, So they're always involved in in sharing information uh, and supporting each other. But Operation Summer Heat truly turned up the heat on that collaboration. And they have just been going gangbusters, if I could say. It's incredible. In two weeks, they've taken about 400 felons off the streets and about 200 firearms. This is really incredible, unprecedented, and the proof is that we haven't had repeat offenses uh, in these two weeks since the operation started. So, uh, you know, knock on wood and thank your law officer because law enforcement officer, because the work that they've done uh, together has, has truly been magnificent and um, it's, it's creating a lot of sense of accomplishment as well in our law enforcement, in our communities, people feeling like when we get down to business, we can really make sure that uh, we can reduce this kind of heinous crime. Yeah, I mean, I think those numbers that you mentioned kind of speak for themselves. The fact that there's been no repeat uh, in these heinous crimes since the Operation Summer Heat began. Yes, and I'm so sorry, I need to correct myself. The felony arrests in 13 days were 488. Wow. Almost 500. That's incredible. Yes. Absolutely incredible. And I think it's important to to also note that people think it's a local effort, but this is 
local, state. It's also national. I was I was reading about the fact that there's U.S. attorneys involved, FBI, DEA. Right. Can you explain the overall scale of this? Well, we stood together, and uh, it, it was phenomenal. Uh, federal is very important because, for example, if there's an illegal firearm, then the federal government can potentially get involved. Uh, they have a swifter um, process for uh, indicting and uh, bringing to trial. Sometimes that is, is really good. Um, uh, you know, the state intelligence obviously con contributing as well. Uh, the city of Miami being the next biggest local law enforcement agency, and uh, they are all on board, and we do have good overlap. We're not really worrying so much about jurisdiction. We're just uh, making sure that we're in it together. And a lot of these folks that are uh, shooting, they're coming from one part of the county and going to another part. So they may be in Opelika, and they're coming into the city of Miami. So it is really critically important that they all work together. Tell us a little bit about how Operation Summer Heat uh, actually stops the crimes before they're happening. So they're picking up felons beforehand. There's more cops on the street. Are there increased surveillance cameras? Yes, yes. Well, we had already added a lot of these um, shot spotters uh, to the county's arsenal. The city also has shot spotters. License plate readers go hand in hand with that so that if there's a car fleeing the scene, uh, you can get a picture of the license plate that allows us to see if someone is in a stolen vehicle or if they if the car is registered to somebody who is wanted uh, for another offense. So that is is helping a lot. And we are actually in the process of adding quite a few more. It's 191 additional cameras uh, that are in the process wow. of being mounted um, as well. We've authorized another 50 license plate readers. Uh, even a solar license plate reader. So we're looking at uh, innovation in technology. Um, other, uh, other technology advancements are part of this. We've also brought in additional crime analysts to monitor social media. A lot of this, like I said, is communicating on social media where there's action, where there's somebody that might be a target. And, uh, and then folks are announcing their plans right there on social media. So we need to be monitoring constantly and, and on the ready. And then finally, tips. We are getting huge number of tips from the public. The important, important piece of this is that the public needs to have confidence. They need to have trust. We've got the tip line 305-471-TIPS or tips. And we've got rewards on the table, significant rewards, 130000 for the Mula, uh, El Mula Billiard Hall uh, killing. Uh, so, you know, we're talking serious, serious uh, community involvement that is vital to solving these crimes. Now, you guys, have you have you um, have you hired more uh, police officers or are the current officers doing more shifts? Yeah, we've added overtime for our officers, two and a half million dollars worth of overtime for the 12 week period. And that's so we can have our. Uh, investigators, as well as the people on the street uh, working around the clock. And uh, and again, the motivation is very high because as police officers, uh, there's definitely times when the public is uh, not given the, all the support. And right now they're getting a lot of support. And as they are producing results, 
they're building goodwill with a community that wants to be safe, that knows that there's a few bad actors out there. This is not, again, random drive-by shootings. These are targeted. We need to get these people off the streets. And our police department doing such a great job, feeling really good and strong about the impact they're having and about the support that they're getting from the community. So uh, we've, we've got the resources that we need to, uh, to do the job. Uh, and then uh, I know you want to know about prevention. So we want to not only get the current shooters off the street and bring them to justice, we want to keep future shooters from um, coming online. And we have to do that by identifying those that are going down the wrong path early, intervening, giving them alternative pathways. So uh, we put together this incredible plan, the Peace and Prosperity Plan, that is going to do just that. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so just tell us a little bit about that plan, because that was another great initiative that you put together. Tell us about that Peace and uh, Prosperity Plan, a little bit of detail. Yeah. So again, we've got to um, find people who are potentially our next shooters. They may be people who've already been identified uh, as having some involvement with our juvenile justice system. They may have committed petty crimes. They may be at the dropouts from school or otherwise identified at risk. And uh, these young people need a path to productivity to feel that they have a, a positive role to play in society. So Peace and Prosperity is a plan that the County Commission approved using $90 million from the naming rights deal of the arena, the heat arena, which was American Airlines and now is the FTX arena. They put in this money to have the rights to the naming and the um, marketing uh, together with the uh, Miami Heat. Uh, so that money is going exclusively to ending violence and poverty. The, the plan of funds majority go to programs that keep kids off the street and really reprogram them and give them a sense of hope. We have the Fit to Lead. It's a summer, will be a year-round program. And we have um, uh, a special program for those that really have already committed uh, more serious crimes. But we also have police that are more active in the parks, uh, in activities with, with young people. Uh, and then we have these law enforcement components like the additional um, crime analysts for social media, looking at cyber related crimes and um, an, an additional state attorney. We also have a, a state attorney assigned to a high crime area dedicated to help move these cases along. So um, it's, it's pretty comprehensive and uh, it's groundbreaking. It definitely says we're going to prevent crime, not just deal with it after the fact. Uh, there's a lot more still that needs to be done. We need to get to our children when they're young. We need to help their families. And we're going to be putting all of that together into a more comprehensive plan as well. I mean, that's wonderful to hear. So, so essentially, just in summary, you're trying to find children, children who have had problems in the past, like you said, might have been in the system before, mentoring them, changing their mentality and their perspectives such that they don't recommit crimes or do more violent crimes. I think that's, that's brilliant. Is there any other place in the country that is doing that? Definitely there are places around the country that are doing groundbreaking things and we're learning together. Uh, for example, we do have one of the national models called GVI or Group Violence 
intervention right here that we dedicated dollars to. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's important for identifying sh uh, shooters and uh, their family members and neighbors and getting to the, the bottom of, of the crime. But there are other models that we're looking at that are part of bringing the community uh, on the ground organizations together, whether it's faith-based, after-school programs, things that truly do provide a, a pathway. You know, at the end of the day, we all need to feel that we are have worth, self-worth. We all need to feel that uh, we can contribute something uh, to society. And for many of those who go down the wrong path, they've been traumatized themselves. They come from homes where there may be violence that they've grown up with. People may have already uh, been injured or died from gun violence, or there may be criminal activity. Uh, and, and so they're not uh, getting the, the kind of support that they need to feel that there is a productive pathway and that they can be productive members of society. So we have to start really young and yep. identify kids and help them along the way. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the absolute way is to start with the youth. Uh, that's going to have a much more long-term effect, just like you were saying. You know, I wanted to go back to something about Operation Summer Heat. You guys are really focusing upon uh, code violations and all of these, you know, like illegal businesses. A big question that came up is why is that important in terms of reducing gun violence? Explain why cracking down on these code violations and shutting down the, these illegal businesses, why will that inherently decrease gun violence? Well, these places are often the site for illegal activity. So, you know, if it's a pop-up party uh, where it, it should not be because they have no uh, legal authority for that site, uh, or it's a, a business that is catering to, let's say, criminal activity, uh, unfortunately, it becomes a magnet for crime. Uh, so looking at underlying um, legalities and, and also there's protective measures. Uh, we need to make sure that these buildings are up to fire code if they're going to have crowds. We need to make sure that their electrical um, uh, systems are safe. Uh, that was how the Elmula Banquet Hall got closed down. They did not have the appropriate safety measures for their electrical system. Um, but, you know, code enforcement also has to do with neighborhoods looking run down and degraded. If we have vacant lots that become the scenes for vandalism or abandoned property, uh, if, 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 if buildings themselves are falling down and become um, magnets for uh, illegal activity in those, in those buildings, each of these things contributes to a lack of safety and a sense that anything goes. So uh, keeping neighborhoods safe, uh, we call it um, crime prevention by design, really makes a difference. The broken window, the broken sidewalks, all of these things contribute. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great to hear because people often wonder, well, what does it matter? I think the more that you improve the environment of the overall Miami-Dade, the fewer crimes you're going to have. And I think that's that's an important point that you bring up. Another key question would be, how much are all the different parts of Miami-Dade collaborating on this? Obviously, Miami-Dade is a, is a large and very diverse county. How, how much is Miami Beach collaborating with Miami versus all the different cities and towns in the county? So as county mayor, I made a pledge 
to reset the relationship button with all the cities. We've got 34 of them. About 60% of the county is in cities. And uh, in the previous administration, it was not a collaborative and friendly relationship. I've made it my business to be helpful, uh, whether it's on crime reduction, uh, dealing with uh, fighting the virus, dealing with the vaccine distribution, making sure that our uh, we're dealing with other infrastructure issues together. That's a big part of, of what I bring to the table. And on the law enforcement side, our police director, Freddie Ramirez, is similarly a very collaborative, helpful person who has built strong relations with the police uh, chiefs of the county. So I think that, um, you know, we didn't start collaborating just with this terrible series of incidents. We've been building that relationship. And so people stand ready to, to work together because there's mutual uh, trust and mutual respect and mutual res support. I mean, it's wonderful that you brought that kind of collaborative spirit to the entire county. Obviously, all the cities and towns in the county need to collaborate. We're all, you know, in this together. So, you know, kudos to you for kind of bringing everyone together uh, and making sure that everyone collaborates. Because obviously, if we're all focused on the same goal, our success is going to be greater. Uh, let's talk a little bit about overall gun control, because that's a major issue throughout the entire mm. country. Um, are you are you involved in making gun purchases and regulations more restrictive? Is that something that you're working on? Well, one thing as commissioner that I pushed for and is now in place is to make sure that our police were cracking down on illegal gun sales. So background checks need to happen even if the gun sales are at a gun show or if they're uh, individual to individual. And so uh, our police have done more to enforce those rules. Uh, also, gun tracing is very important. We want to know where did these illegal guns come from, from the bullets, uh, casings. You can also identify how did people get a hold of these guns? Uh, because we know a lot of felons that should not, former felons who sh should not have weapons, have weapons. We know that they can rent them. Uh, they can buy them, uh, you know, in the open market. And so we're working hard to close those, those loopholes as well. We want to be sure that law-abiding citizens uh, are following the rules, that they are using their weapons safely, and that these guns are not getting in the wrong people's hands. I mean, do you feel like Miami, compared to other parts of the country, do you feel like we are stricter or more lenient when it comes to gun control here overall? So we're very restricted in what we can do at the local level from a legislative perspective. The state of Florida has preempted really any kind of gun legislation. So what we can do is enforce the laws, make sure that, again, that people are properly screened and that the people who are not allowed to have guns don't get them. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can really do at this point. And you just hope that at a state level over time, uh, perhaps there can be a few more crackdowns. You know, I know you're super busy. We're just going to wrap it up here. But I just wanted to talk about, in summary, and you mentioned it at the beginning, how committed are you and your, you know, government that you're running, how committed are you all to ending this current epidemic when it comes to gun violence in Miami-Dade? Oh, yes, I'm deadly serious. <laughs> so we have put the resources in. We've come together. We've seen the results. I am incredibly encouraged 
by what has happened here. We're making sure that throughout the continuum of the crime itself, we're doing everything possible to bring these shooters to justice. We can't afford to lose uh, more young people, more families that are broken, more trauma. It's, a, it's an endless cycle and we have to stop it now. And what can people in Miami-Dade do to help out the Operation Summer Heat, which is so critical? See something, say something. Very, very important. And we do have the 305-471-TIPS, the hotline with rewards uh, for information that leads to arrest and conviction. Um, you know, people know who has guns. Somebody knows who has a gun that shouldn't. People know who's out uh, <laughs> making mayhem and perpetuating these crimes. Somebody knows. Please, if it's not a stranger, it may be someone you know and love that is the next victim. Uh, whether you happen to be a bystander or whether it happens to be related to your, your inner circle. We depend upon the public and we are building trust. Uh, we are building trust and the trust is what is going to get us there with the community working together, with our law enforcement, with addressing the trauma of, of those to try to break that cycle of recommitting crimes, uh, with the diversion of people to more productive activities, uh, those who might be heading in the wrong direction. Working together, we can solve this problem. I mean, Mayor, it's so well said. Thank you for everything you've done uh, since you've been elected, you know, especially these last couple of weeks, absolutely crazy times in terms of gun violence. Seeing the numbers and the drastic drop must make you very proud. We're obviously not out of the woods. Uh, but but your leadership and you're such a role model for everyone. Please keep doing a great job. We all we all really respect what you've done and and thank you for making Miami a safer place. Thank you so much. It takes a team and we have a great one. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Have a great weekend.